0: 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1 Then Samuel took the vial of oil, and poured it upon his head, and kissed him, and said, Is it not that the Lord hath anointed thee to be prince over his inheritance? Now every time God appoints a high priest, he always has that priest anointed, but now the people have asked for a king. So every time God appoints a king, the king will be anointed with oil. And Samuel has anointed Saul as king. So at this point, Saul really is the king of Israel, even though the Israelites don't know it yet, and it hasn't been officially announced to them. Now when he kissed him, he kissed him on the neck. This is a traditional way in the Middle East, where men either greet each other if it's someone they love. Samuel is giving his allegiance and love to Saul, even though he knows that Saul has a lot to learn, and he isn't going to be a good king, but he still is dedicated to serving Saul, and wishes him the best, so he kisses him on the neck, and tells him that he is anointed Prince over Israel, which is the same thing as saying King. 2. When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by the tomb of Rachel in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left off caring for the asses, and is anxious concerning you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Now Rachel died on the journey when Jacob was taking her and all of his children and Leah into Canaan. But Rachel died on the journey, so she was buried along the way. And that is where Zella is, that's where Rachel was buried by herself. Um, Leah was actually buried with Jacob in Jacob's tomb, which is Israel's tomb. That's the location where Saul is going to meet one of his father's servants, and the servant will tell him that the donkeys have been found. And this will be a sign to Saul that he is anointed king. 3 Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the terebinth of Tabor, and there shall meet thee there three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, which is three goats, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. They all have what would be fit for an offering to the Lord. Tabor means pinnacle, and Saul is now entering a period in his life where he's being elevated to the pinnacle of kingship. And Bethel is the location where both Abraham and Israel met the Lord, and had encounters with the Lord. That was where Jacob, who became Israel, wrestled with the Lord, and that is where he saw the staircase. These are all really holy locations in which Saul will get a sign from the Lord. For And they will salute thee, and give thee two cakes of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hand. All of this prophecy is so that Saul will know that he truly has been anointed king. 5. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a band of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery. There is going to be a whole group of prophets coming down from one of the hills, And they're all going to be singing praises to the Lord. And a timbrel and a pipe and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. They're actually going to be playing music and prophesying at the same time. And he's going to meet them. 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come mightily upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. This is phenomenal. God is going to give Saul a personality transplant. This is very similar to a born-again experience. The Spirit of God is going to enter into Saul so that he could be a good king, and God is going to give him a new personality so that he will be equipped to be a king and a leader. He'll have wisdom and knowledge enough to know how to govern people. He'll have leadership skills. He'll have everything that he needs, but it's up to Saul to actually follow the Lord, because we all have free will. Even when the Lord blesses us with a brand new personality and wisdom and knowledge and talents, that doesn't mean that we are going to use it for good. As it turns out later, Saul will not use this blessing for good. He will end up being a horrible leader, because he won't follow the Lord and obey him. But we see at this point that the Lord is going to give him everything he needs. Saul is going to prophesy with those prophets, and then he will receive a new heart, This is really similar to a born-again experience. The only difference is that Saul isn't choosing it for himself, and he's not repenting of his sins and following Jesus. In this case, he's getting blessed, but he himself will never actually choose to follow the Lord. So it goes to show you that God can bless you, heal you, deliver you, cleanse you, sanctify you, and make you whole. But if after all that, you still want to go your own way, You'll end up making a lot of mistakes, and you'll end up not being God's friend, which is what happens to Saul. In the end, he is not God's friend, and God rejects him in the end. You know, I once asked somebody, how do you know you're saved? And the person said, well, God keeps blessing me all the time. But you know, God blesses everybody, and he loves everybody. He gives all of us skills and talents. And just because he blesses us does not mean that we are saved. That means that he is a wonderful God. That doesn't mean that we are saved. We have to repent and follow him and believe in order to be saved. And that's what Saul lacks. 7. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as thy hand shall find, for God is with thee. God will actually be with Saul until Saul turns his back on the Lord, the Lord will always be with him. And Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But that doesn't mean that we won't forsake Jesus. You see, we can walk away from Jesus at any time. He won't walk away, but we can walk away, and Christians often do. And this is what Saul is going to do too. God is going to be with Saul, but Saul is going to leave God. 8. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings, and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry, till I come unto thee, and tell thee what thou shalt do. Now this is very important instructions. This is the first important instructions that Saul gets, and it's ended with, You need to wait for me for seven full days in Gilgal. Don't offer sacrifices until I get there. But because Saul's heart is not after the Lord, he isn't going to follow these instructions. 9 And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. So everything that Samuel told him came to pass, and Saul did have a brand new heart. He had the heart of a king. He was ready to lead. 10. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a band of prophets met him, just as Samuel told him, and the Spirit of God came mightily upon him, and he prophesied among them. 11. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied with the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? 12. And one of the same place answered and said, And who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? Because the people were so surprised that a boy from the smallest tribe and the smallest family in that tribe would prophesy with the prophets. They were astonished. 13 And when he had made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. 14. And Saul's uncle said unto him and to his servants, Whither went ye? And he said, To seek the asses. And when we saw that they were not found, we came to Samuel. 15. And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, I pray thee, what Samuel said unto you. 16. And Saul said unto his uncle, He told us plainly that the asses were found, but concerning the matter of the kingdom, whereof Samuel spoke, he told him not. Now that was actually wise of Saul not to tell his uncle the part about him getting anointed king, because it hasn't been announced to the land yet. In that sense, he was probably wise not to announce it. 17 And Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah. 18 And he said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord the God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all the kingdoms that oppressed you. Samuel is going to tell the people that they do have a king, but first he's going to tell the people what God has already done for them and that they shouldn't have even asked for a king. They should have only wanted to serve the Lord. 19. But ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your calamities and your distresses. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. So he's telling them to get into formation to present themselves tribe by tribe to the Lord. Twenty. So Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken. He's going to prove to them that Saul is their king by showing them that Benjamin is chosen. Normally they would have the priest there with the ephod and the breastplate, and the tribe of Benjamin's stone would light up, and that's how they would know that the Lord chose Benjamin. But they don't have a high priest. And the guy who is in charge of the ark is in Kirjath jerim and they have gathered in Mizpah. Samuel has worn the ephod before, so I am not sure if Samuel has put on the ephod and the breastplate here in Mizpah, or if Samuel is prophesying what the Lord says, but it makes more sense that he has actually put the ephod and the breastplate on so that the people can see Benjamin's jewel light up, because then they will know that this is totally coming straight from God, it is not even a prophecy, it is just God speaking straight out. 21 And he brought the tribe of Benjamin near by their families, and the family of the Matrites was taken. That would be by lot or by prophecy, because there is no stone for the Matrites, they are casting lots to see who gets taken. The Matrites are taken, and Saul the son of Kish was taken, but when they sought him, he could not be found. 22 Therefore they asked of the Lord further, Is there yet a man come thither? And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the baggage. It's interesting, Saul has been given a new heart to lead the people. He shouldn't be ashamed, but he's actually very narcissistic. We'll see this later, how self-obsessed he is. And this could be the reason why he was afraid, why he was hiding in the baggage, because he didn't think he looked good enough, and he didn't think people would approve of him enough, he just didn't want to go out there. Because when you're narcissistic, you're very self-absorbed, and the opposite of narcissism is shyness. He was manifesting shyness, but later on he's going to manifest narcissism, because he's a very self obsessed person. He focuses on himself rather than focusing on God. This leads him into a, so much trouble in the Bible. And we'll see that nearly all the bad mistakes he makes are because of his self-obsession. He always has to be better than others. But on this day, he really didn't feel better than others because he didn't have the crown and the robe and all that. He he felt shy 23. And they ran and fetched him thence, and when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. 24. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people? And all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Another sign to the people was not only that Saul was chosen by Lot, but also that he was way taller than any of the rest of them. And they shouted, Long live the king, which is what people shout today about their king. But you know what, you don't have to shout that about Jesus, because he is eternal. And he won't live long, he'll live forever. 25 Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom, and wrote it in a book, and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. Samuel has given them instructions for how to run the kingdom, and he wrote those instructions in a book. And he set the book before the Lord. Now the mystery is solved. The only way that Samuel could have laid the book before the Lord was if the Ark of the Covenant was there. He must have moved the Ark of the Covenant from Kirjath jerim over to where they were to announce Saul as king. And that explains how God was actually speaking to them. It wasn't by lot or by breastplate, but the voice of God speaking from the Ark of the Covenant. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. Whenever a matter is settled, the leader always sends everybody home. They knew that Saul was their new king, and they were all told to go home. 26. And Saul also went to his house in Gibeah, and there went with him the men of valor whose hearts God had touched. God actually appointed men to protect Saul, and these are warriors, and he's told them, Go follow Saul and be his protector. And they did go. 27 But certain base fellows said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present, but he was as one that held his peace. Because of this new heart that he has been given, Saul does have some wisdom. He's already made a couple of good choices. He chose not to reveal himself as king to his uncle until it was announced to all of Israel and that was wise. And now he has chosen not to defend himself verbally against the haters and that is also wise. The new personality that God gave him is benefiting him. He just needs to follow the Lord, and then he will do well. But we'll see that he really doesn't. And that concludes first Samuel chapter 10.